Welcome to the one and only Circle City Setup with your host and the one and only Zach Griffin. Welcome into Circle City Cinema. I am your host, Zach Griffith, and I am joined by absolutely no one. I'm by myself tonight, monologue, the, this beautiful December 4th evening as I'm recording this. And I want to talk about three movies in particular tonight, three movies that I think are all worth watching, uh, but I, we went two for three here. I saw all three of these in the theater at AMC. Uh, two of them I was really pleased with. One of them uh, was... A massive disappointment for me. I'll let you figure that out on your own if you want. But I'm also going to get into it in a timely manner here. Uh, we're also going to be doing a uh, a watch list for the rest of the year. Believe it or not, folks, like I said, we're already in December. Uh, you're going to see a big push here from people, uh, from movies, from filmmakers, from producers, from these studios, trying to meet the deadline here for the Oscars, which are in March. Uh, you know, the Oscars used to be in February. Now they're in March. Uh, people making a big push. I mean, this is award season for a reason. Um, you know, we had an exception last year with everything everywhere all at once movie that came out in March. Uh, one best picture. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, yeah, it might happen this year. Might not. I don't think so. But we're in a, we're in the midst of award season. It's a great time of year. You get to catch up on all the movies that. Uh, you know, outlets like Variety and the Hollywood Reporter and IMDb, what they think are going to be at uh, the Big Boy Awards in March. So uh, before we get into the movies here, I want to go through a watch list of what is still to come this year. <laughs> and we'll start with this past weekend. We got Dream Scenario, uh, the latest, the latest uh, Nicolas Cage movie with A24. And the Nicolas Cage renaissance, resurgence, whatever you want to call it, kind of continues. I feel like it started in 2021, a couple of years ago, with Pig. Uh, Pig, great movie. Gave it four and a half on Letterboxd, I think, if not five. Uh, you can very easily give it a five. Uh, like I said, only an hour and a half. So if you like to be in and out of the movies quick, you're going to love that one. This movie's probably in my collection and directed by Michael Sarnoski, um, who is directing A Quiet Place Day One next year. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting leap for him. But the Nicolas Cage Renaissance, it's, you know, he had, he had a quote today that he's going to slow down on movies and focus on TV. And while that's sad, I understand it because you'll be hard pressed to find uh, folks, any actor or actress in the industry right now who has worked consistently uh, more frequently than Nicolas Cage. And this is a guy I have incredible respect for. He's one of my favorite actors because he he's, he's not above any, any role. And he easily could be. He's, he's an Academy Award winner, uh, won, it, won Best Actor for Leaving Las Vegas, I believe, in 1995. And he just... He he just is not above any role. He'll take anything. Uh, you can call that collecting checks or whatever you want to call it, but the man just loves to act. The man just loves to act. He loves his craft. He's in all kinds of different movies, works with, works with all kinds of different uh, filmmakers and directors, and he is um, he's a national treasure in my mind. Uh, you know, no pun intended, but he's... 
he just is. And he's a great actor. And we got Dream Scenario this past weekend. I'm going to go see it on Thursday. I am sure as hell skipping out on Steelers Pats on Thursday night. Sorry, Al Michaels. I'm not going to be there. Uh, I hope they let you drink during that one. But uh, Dream Scenario, from what I can tell through the trailer, basically a guy who everyone in America or the world is having dreams about. And he's just an average guy. It looked like in the trailer, he's a professor or something. Uh, you know, nothing nothing special, but he is getting dreamed about. And it's a really interesting premise. Looks like he has a tough time dealing with the fame and then gets comfortable with it. And then eventually uh, people start to turn on him, which, you know, we see this all the time, whether it's in movies or sports celebrities you know people turn on them after they've been riding a high for a while ben affleck comes to mind um but i'm really looking forward to this one it's got the artisan film label at amc which uh tells me a lot so i'm looking forward to that one uh that's out in theaters right now coming out this weekend on december 8th we got poor things the latest uh yorgos lanthimos movie starring emma stone mark ruffalo um admittedly i have not seen a yorgos movie uh i know a lot of people i follow on socials and a lot of people i read online a lot of reviewers critics they love yorgos uh you got movies like lobster and um killing of a sacred deer you know movies that are on my watch list in letterbox want to want to get to those um so admittedly i haven't seen any of his movies but I'm looking forward to this. This will be my first time uh, experiencing one of his movies. Emma Stone, I think I've been on the record here, definitely off the record. My thoughts on Emma Stone, I think she's the best working actress right now. Uh, I think there's people around her. I think Saoirse Ronan's very good. St. Margot Robbie's very good. Um, but I just, I think Jennifer Lawrence is very good. I think she's real rated. I don't think so anymore. Uh, I think Natalie Portman's very good. I just watched the movie that I made December on Netflix, which I'd recommend to everybody. Uh, check that out. That'll be up for some nominations in March. But I just think Emma Stone's the best, whether it's The Help, uh, even Zombieland, uh, La La Land, Cruella. I mean, I'll, I'll take her in anything. Absolutely. Anything. Very high IMDb score right now for this movie. I think it was at like 8.5 or 6. 8.5 or 8.6 last time I checked. So people love Yorgos. People love Emma Stone. People like Mark Ruffalo. People are going to go see this, I think. And, and it's definitely going to be nominated for some stuff. The Oscars preview article I was perusing uh, last week on Variety had this uh, nominated for Best Picture. So obviously she's going to be nominated for Best Actress. I think that'll be her second or third nomination but so go check that out i'm going to be checking that out probably not this weekend but maybe next next week uh and then we got wonka on december 15th the week after well next week this movie could be a cautionary tale i want it to be good a big timothy chalamet guy but i think i'm a little apprehensive of his casting because you know, if you've seen the original Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, if you've seen Charlie in the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp, both versions of Willy Wonka, whether it's Gene Wilder in the original 
or Johnny Depp in the Tim Burton film. What are they? They're, they're high energy. They're high energy. They're like Caleb Blit. They're like high energy guys. Okay. We haven't really seen that in a role played by Chalamet. And that's not a knock on Chalamet. I'm not saying he's incapable of playing the high energy lead, but you just simply haven't seen it from him, whether it's been in Dune, whether it's been in Call Me By Your Name, uh, whether it's been a supporting role in Don't Look Up. Simply haven't seen it from the guy. I think he's one of the best young actors working right now. Uh, certainly one of, if not the biggest names in the industry right now, but just haven't seen the high energy role from him yet. Uh, I think this could be it. I just haven't seen enough energetic performances from him to be convincing to pull up a guy like Willy Wonka, uh, who I said, you know, look at Depp or Wilder. Gotta be like borderline bouncing off the walls to play those guys. Um, but speaking of Emma Stone, there is a blueprint for this movie to follow, and it is Cruella. It is Cruella, you know, another fictional character who was a big part of a classic movie. You know, with her, it was 101 Dalmatians, it was Willy Wonka, it's obviously the Chocolate Factory movies. There's a blueprint to follow. Uh, if you know, if you want to focus on the character that the franchise, if you want to call it that, series, whatever, revolves around, follow Cruella. I thought Cruella was a very good movie, uh, carried by a great performance from Emma Stone, nice supporting roles from Emma Thompson uh, and Paul Walter Hauser. I just, you know, I'm holding out hope because I am a Chalamet guy and I'm a big fan of the Chocolate Factory movies, so I want this to be good. The one thing I will say is Hugh Grant is done. Hugh Grant is washed up. Hugh Grant sucks. I'm trying to think of something. Hugh Grant is kind of a washed up player. Hugh Grant is Kyle Lowry. Right? Hugh Grant is Kyle Lowry. He had, he had a great, he had a great run. He had a great run. Uh, you know, people had strong opinions about him, whether he was a good actor, whether he was a bad actor. But I- I'm done. I'm, I'm done with Hugh Grant. You're playing an Oompa Loompa, a, a very mini Oompa Loompa at that. I've never seen that before. I'm just not, not convinced of that. Uh, Paul King directing this movie, not really familiar at other stuff he's done. Paul King, but you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing in the towel on this movie. Uh, I think it can be good. I think Chalamet is good enough to carry a movie. Uh, he just hasn't really shown me the range yet to make me think or be convinced that he could pull off a high-energy character like Willy Wonka. So hope he proves me wrong. I want to be proven wrong. Uh, I hope this movie's good. Uh, a couple of weeks from now, on December 20th, we have one of my most anticipated movies of the year, and that is Maestro. Maestro, uh, the latest Bradley Cooper film, both starring and directed by him. Uh, get on the Cooper train if you have. You know, get, get on this train. This guy directed A Star is Born, proved himself to be a great director with that movie. Uh, he He grew up worshiping guys like Clint Eastwood and Martin Scorsese. If you've, if you've uh, read interviews with him or listened to interviews with him and he's worked very closely with those guys. And even a filmmaker like Todd Phillips who's very accomplished in his own right, whether it's the hangover old school or, or Joker. 
So I, I, I'm in on this movie. This is a biopic on the composer Leonard Bernstein and focuses a little bit on his, well, a lot of it with his relationship with his wife, played by Carrie Mulligan, who will definitely be nominated for something. This movie is going to be nominated for a bunch of shit. Uh, best picture, best actor, best actress, uh, all, all kinds of stuff. And I'm all in on Bradley Cooper. This will be his fourth best actor nomination behind, I think, American Sniper, Silver Linings Playbook, and I'm trying to think of the fourth one. Oh, man. I think a star is born. I think a star is born is the other one. Could be wrong. Let me look that up real quick. But, uh, you know, Carrie Mulligan was nominated a couple of years ago for Promising Young Woman. I thought she had an outside shot to win that. Uh, she didn't win it. But I thought she had a shot. It'll be his fifth acting nomination overall. Um, you know, this... I, 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 I really like Bradley Cooper. Uh, no, not Brandon Cooper. Google Bradley. Bradley Cooper. I don't, I don't care about Brandon Cooper. Come on. Come on. Low, low, low. But this movie, uh, comes out on Netflix on December 20th. You'll want to see it, folks. Um, people are raving about it. Um, my guy Sean Fennessy liked it a lot. Liked it a lot, said it confirmed his thought that uh, Bradley Cooper was one of the up-and-coming great directors. Let's see here. Yes, it was a star. Okay, so he was nominated for a Star is Born for Best Actor, American Sniper for Best Actor, which he borderline should have won. I think he should, it was my vote that year to win it. 2014, he ended up losing to Eddie Redmayne with Theory of Everything. And then Silver Linings Playbook was his first nomination. So this will be his fifth acting nomination overall and his fourth for best actor. So sounds like he has a real chance to win it. Heavy competition this year, like there was last year. Can't remember last year. It was a three-man race with Austin Butler, uh, Colin Farrell, and Brendan Fraser. Fraser ended up winning. This year, I think it's going to be another three-man race with DiCaprio, um, Killian Murphy, and Bradley Cooper. So lots of back-to-back heavyweight battles at Best Actor. It'll be great to watch. Maestro on December 20th on Netflix. Then on December 22nd, we get four movies. We get Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which I will be waiting until Max. Thank you very much. Nothing else to say on that movie. The Iron Claw, which is about the Von Erich family. Very excited for that one. That's another A24 in addition to Dream Scenario. Then you got Anyone But You, uh, the rom-com with Glenn Powell and Sidney Sweeney, two very hot actors right now. Uh, and then you got Rebel Moon, Zack Snyder's latest movie. I believe his first movie since Army of the Dead. Uh, that'll be releasing on Netflix on December 22nd. I'm excited for all of those. And then finally, Ferrari on Christmas Day, the latest Michael Mann movie, I believe his First movie since 2015's Black Hat. Didn't get great reviews. Still, I uh, need to see that. If you're following me on Letterboxd, uh, just my, if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, that's shameless plug here. It's just my uh, first and last name. Uh, but I'm in the process on there of making a Michael Mann rankings list uh, about, I think I need to see three or four more of his movies and then I can finalize those. But 
Ferrari, you know, on the Variety article I read previewing the Oscars, not a lot of love for it. It doesn't sound like Driver is getting a lot of buzz, but I have respect for this movie already because it's Michael Mann, one of my favorite filmmakers. It's Adam Driver, one of the best actors working right now. And it's from Neon, who was for a long time one of the only studios to agree to the WGA's uh, proposals and avoid the strike. So they were able to advertise this movie when uh, bigger studios like Disney, uh, like Zaslav's Warner Brothers, like Paramount, you know, Sony, they, they weren't able to advertise during that time. But Neon was, and this is one of the movies that they did. There's been two trailers for this movie, both of them great Great. Uh, we got Penelope Cruz in here too. We got Shailene Woodley. Got some heavyweights in here, uh, especially with Cruz and Driver. Two Cruz is an Oscar winner. Driver is an Oscar nominee, a two time Oscar nominee. Recently watched the Michael Mann film for the first time. It was The Last of the Mohicans, 90s movie with Daniel Day Lewis. That was pretty good. I give it four on Letterboxd. Uh, really good period piece, early American. Uh, history kind of outside the box for Michael Mann up to that point. You know, it was, it was three years before he did Heat, uh, a few years before he did The Insiders. So, three Blast Mohicans, very much a departure from what he would do, uh, you know, just a few years later. But that's why you like Michael Mann. He takes risks. Uh, you know, he's done a sports movie, he's done crime, he's done period piece, he's on a uh, espionage and now he's doing a biopic so i have mad respect for michael mann i think he's one of the most underrated directors of all time he's one of my favorites of all time let's get into the three movies folks uh that i mentioned at the top and we'll start with thanksgiving uh the horror movie directed by eli roth of course this is one of my biggest pleasant surprises of the year um it it's right there with air and Gran Turismo. This this is one of my pleasant surprises of the year. My one of my biggest pleasant surprises. Very funny at times. Over the top kills that Roth has really made his staple. Uh, and I listened to an interview with him, my guy Sean Fantasy, and Roth basically said, you know, me and my friend, when we were kids, we came up with this. Uh, we made a fake trailer for it for Quentin Tarantino's and Robert Rodriguez's Grindhouse in 2007, uh, which was a double feature. And it was a fake trailer. And they basically said, look, we wanted a horror movie and every holiday was taken except Thanksgiving. So he made one for that. It takes place in Plymouth, Massachusetts, which, you know, is the the birthplace of Thanksgiving. And basically what happens is um, basically what happens is there's a massacre on Black Friday at a Walmart type of store and the killer who in my opinion one of my only flaws in this movie very obvious who the killer was very very obvious um, but it it's very funny at times and the over the top kills are just, I mean, it, I found myself laughing. I found myself laughing a lot, which I didn't expect. Great balance between the comedy and the scares. 
but yes, there's a massacre at a Walmart type of place, and the killer is there, and he ends up uh, taking his revenge on the people he deems responsible for it. Uh, really, really good movie. I give it a three and a half on Letterboxd. Good stuff. One of the best horror movies of the year. Next up, uh, I want to end on a high note, so I'm going to go with this movie uh, on a low note. Napoleon. Uh, one of my most... One of the movies I was most looking forward to this year. Uh, a guy you could have made the case until I saw this movie. Um, was the best actor working right now. Walking Phoenix. And one of the great directors that we've had. In Ridley Scott. And this was the most disappointing movie of the year for me. Uh, it, it felt empty. It was an empty feeling movie. I learned nothing about Napoleon. I learned nothing about his rise to power. Uh, you just kind of had to accept that he was making his way up the ranks of the French army. And eventually he just becomes emperor and you have to accept that. You know, he, like he says, he, he found the crown of France in a gutter. And placed it on his own head. And you just have to accept that without being shown it. Uh, my thing is, Ridley Scott is simply better than this. And his last movie in this genre, his last historical epic, The Last Duel, uh, which also came out in 2021, along with Pig and Krilla, uh, just blows this out of the water. The Last Duel is one of my favorite movies that has come out this decade. And I thought Napoleon would be somewhere along the lines, and it just wasn't. It was two and a half hours, and you felt it. You felt every minute of it. If you don't give a shit, here's what I'll say. If you don't give a shit about Napoleon's wife, you're not going to give a shit about this movie. The focus on the relationship between Napoleon and the wife was the major drawback of this movie. No offense to Vanessa Kirby, I think she's a great actor, and uh, hot as hell. But massive missed opportunity here. Felt it felt rushed. Felt sloppy. Uh, I think Apple was just chasing the bag here. And I hate to say it, but Joaquin Phoenix should not be nominated for Best Actor. And the article I read from Variety, the preview article, uh, thankfully he was not. So, um, you know, it's. I mean, it's worth seeing. It's worth seeing, like every. Ridley Scott movie or Joaquin Phoenix movie is, but I'm just, it, it was so disappointing. It was so disappointing. I gave it a two out of five on Letterboxd. Uh, gonna be a while before I watch it again if I ever watch it again. Um, but, you know, I'd recommend going to see it. There are a couple nice uh, battle scenes, but just didn't give me what I wanted at all. I was so disappointed, but. This movie, a couple weeks later, made up for it. And that was The Holdovers. A movie that was heartwarming, heartbreaking, and hilarious. The three H's there. Uh, there was a lot of laughing out loud in this movie. I was laughing out loud, and I don't do that at movies. I don't do that. You know, I, I can acknowledge something's funny, but I don't ever laugh out loud in the movie theater. And I was at this movie. Uh, I gave this a 5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Um, magnificent performance from all three of the leads. Uh, Paul Giamatti should absolutely get consideration for an Oscar nomination. 
uh, perhaps the most hilarious line reading I've ever heard in a movie came from Paul Giamatti in this movie. Dominic Sessa coming out party. Dominic Sessa plays our student lead. Um, get together. I got a 2024 movie preview pod along with a draft of 2024 movies that we're looking forward to. That'll be me, Caleb, and Bryce Shaddy, maybe Alex Burr. Uh, I'm going to see if he's interested. And then we got actors under 40 draft with Bryce and Caleb. Um, there's a lot of great actors right now. I wanted to do some kind of draft with them, actors and actresses, uh, but I needed to find some criteria, so I decided to go under 40 years old. Uh, we'll see if that holds, but may have to raise that age. Um as always, folks, thank you very much for listening. And check out the other pods on the network. We got the Power Hour, Basketball Power Hour uh, with Alex. We got the Back Shoulder Fade, the Running Hook Network's podcast, uh, sports betting podcast uh, with me and Caleb. And we got Lynn Sanity with Caleb and Bryce uh, breaking down the NFL action for you, breaking down the college football action for you, I'm sure. Bryce needs to eat shit on Texas. We'll see if he does uh, or doesn't. And as always, folks, thank you very much for listening.